It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. And my name is Don Crawford, Jr., the grateful owner of KAAM Radio and co-host of this Estate Planning Essentials program, Estate Planning Essential Strategies, Complications, you name it. That's what this program addresses because it can be deep, heavy, and complicated. But we're genuinely, sincerely seeking to protect your family, your assets, and you with every program. And I do that with my co-host, or I do it for him. I expedite, facilitate, so you can hear from the expert himself. And he is my attorney, my friend, and maybe, probably should be your attorney, too. And his name is Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don. How you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you. I forgot to also mention the other accolade, the chair of the Dallas chapter for Alzheimer's. Is that true? Yeah, the walk is uh, coming up on November 5th. I hope uh, you'll join our walk team. I know I'm saying you being the audience. Mm-hmm. And Don, uh, I should say thank you, KAAM, for your generous contribution sure. to help fight Alzheimer's, um, you know, with the help of People mm-hmm. like y'all, uh, we would hope to see the first person cured in our lifetime yes. without uh, this disease that Green. affects so many people in so many different ways, mm-hmm. whether it's the caregiver as well as the uh, family members, whoever they may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's such a terrible disease. Mm-hmm. And so we hope that people join Michael's Marchers yes. uh, on November 5th. If, if interested, give us a call. Or go to DallasElderLawyer.com to look into that as well. It's a nefarious ailment. Everybody's affected by it. So we're behind you. We're behind Michael's Marchers. And we're certainly behind the cause to find a cure for this nefarious disease. We talked about another problem people have Last program about divorce and do you need to get divorced in order to be eligible for Medicaid. Today, we want to address divorce again, a very sensitive topic that we certainly don't recommend anybody even consider, but sometimes um, you're forced to, sadly. And Michael wanted to talk about how does divorce affect your estate planning. Right. And inheritance, uh, because uh, a lot of people just just assume one thing or the other. They say, oh, okay, um, my spouse, this or that, they're automatically cut out and fail to take any action. But sometimes that may be true and sometimes that may not be true. Mm-hmm. So so let's talk about generally about estate planning as far as what are some estate planning documents. Excellent. So, for example, you may have a will. Uh, say is how who's in charge of your assets after you die, who your beneficiary may be. A lot of times it's your spouse that may be the executor 
or might be the beneficiary. Usually people have I love you wills all to my spouse and then my children if they're married and have children. That's the most common thing. What happens if you have an IRA, uh, a retirement account? Uh, in Texas law, you have to name your spouse unless they give consent otherwise. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people have life insurance policies. Why am I saying this in addition to a will? Because a lot of times things pass outside of probate. In other words, uh, if you have an IRA, you name your beneficiary. Generally, it doesn't go according to the terms of your will. It goes by that beneficiary designation. Just a lot of times there's joint accounts like with right of survivorship or paid on death uh, if you have a bank account, it could say paid on debt to my spouse. Mm-hmm. Or maybe if you have a brokerage account, it's transfer on debt to my spouse, TOD. Uh, so uh, there's annuities that have, um, you know, that you say who my beneficiary might be. So you, want, you may have your spouse as a beneficiary of your annuity. You may have a trust. Who's the trustee of the trust? Who's the beneficiary of that trust? So what happens if you get divorced? Now, many may be surprised that Texas law automatically overturns, in most cases, beneficiary designations and fiduciary positions. So let's say that you have a will, and the will says, all to my spouse. Okay, if you get divorced... They're cut out as a matter of law. Okay, well, that's that sounds good. I didn't have to do a will necessarily. Mm-hmm. I ha- didn't. And by the way, the laws are different from state to state. So if you're, if this is being heard in a different state, you really need to check the laws of a different state uh, because the rules would be different. In some states, uh, it's not automatic on certain things like on life insurance policies and. Things like that. And actually, for life insurance policies here, uh, also it could be an issue in certain situations, which we'll discuss in a minute. Mm-hmm. But generally, if you have a life insurance policy and you named your ex as a beneficiary, under Texas law, it that spouse would actually not be a beneficiary. Mm. It would go according, you know— What's next? You know, you may have to probate a will if that was the only person named. It's fascinating. I was going to ask you, too, then, regarding insurance in other states. Am I correct in my understanding that you cannot receive insurance from someone that committed suicide in every state? How does that well, work? Well, that really, first of all, it depends on the policy. Mm-hmm. A lot of times a policy says if you commit suicide within a year or something like that, mm-hmm. that they're... They, they're just not going to pay. I see. So it's usually a in the contract, it dictates the terms. Uh, so, But it usually say, you know, the reason is if you're contemplating and you just buy this big policy, they don't want to pay out. Sure. So um, generally uh, that's what's in the contract. Okay, thank and, you. And I think it's generally like a year, something like that. Maybe, you know, sometimes it may say six months and maybe it says two years. I don't know. So I it's guess not it's, a state law. It's, it's no, contract I'm, by contract, company yeah. by company. Okay. So um, anyway, so a lot, of t- a lot of times you say, well, gee, that's great, but then there could be other issues. Uh, so Texas actually has a law that overrides, you know, what these accounts say. But what if you're the bank? 
you know. Well, anyway, uh, and how do you know? And what do you do? And what, are you liable? Mm-hmm. The answer is no, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you had a financial power of attorney, so we just talked about a will where the person who was named, if a spouse was named as the uh, executor or executrix, uh, and was the beneficiary under law, if there's a divorce, that would stop them from being the beneficiary and the executor, generally. Um, then, uh, let's say you had a financial power of attorney. What's a financial power of attorney? The ability to take care of uh, assets, sign contracts, etc., during your lifetime. Well, if you named your spouse as your agent, and you get divorced, well, they automatically can no longer act as your agent. Hmm. But the question becomes, what happens if you're just separated? Well, you're not divorced. Hmm. So I remember a couple came to my office, and the couples, the they came to sign their documents. We, They knew everything. They told me exactly what they wanted. And they came to my office, and the wife said, um, what happens if we get divorced? And I said, well, then... Your, your your spouse can no longer, your husband can no longer act as your agent mm. as a matter of law. She said, what if we're just separated? And I said, well, you're not divorced, so, you know, so he could still act. She said, can you excuse us for a minute? <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I was kind of like I had that deer in the headlights That's look, that. and I said, uh-oh. Uh-oh, was right. Uh-oh. This yeah. is this a problem here in River City, and that starts with T, and that stands for trouble. Yes, well said. <laughs> so, uh, I, they, so I excused them, mm-hmm. and she said, we actually changed the terms of her power of attorney mm-hmm. that says in the event of a filing of divorce mm-hmm. that— uh, and we've been separated for a certain period of time, then instead of my husband, I want my mom mm-hmm. to be my agent. Okay. So I added, did different things because just like on all these different documents, what if you are just separated? Well, it doesn't change things. Mm. It's only if you have a final divorce decree. Now let's say you had that power of attorney and you gave a general power of attorney. Technically, you could wipe them out. Uh-oh, that's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, it's after a final divorce decree. So, all right, let's have to make a medical decision. Hmm, should is should I keep this guy alive or not? Yeah. You know, I, I, I joke about it, and uh, as I said on the show a couple weeks ago, oh, I have a hangnail. Oh, if I'm getting divorced, he let him go. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, basically, uh, you, if, if, do you want somebody you're separated from to be making decision on your life or death? Right. That's not music to a lot of people's ears. And Michael is the music man thinking of, speaking of River City and trouble and that kind of thing. It's complicated, but, Michael, it seems like people have choices, but they have to make the right decisions. Yeah, I mean, so if you're, if there is a situation, you may want to make those decisions immediately, mm-hmm. even before you get divorced under that case. So whether it's a financial power of attorney, a mm-hmm. medical power of attorney, mm-hmm. your will uh, could be on guardianship, who's mm-hmm. in taking care of you. Uh, is that who you would want if you're separated, for example? What happened? And there's also even sometimes you give these extra powers to an executor. Uh, I know this is kind of beyond gets a little complicated. Called a power of appointment, where you could change who beneficiaries are that you could put in your will. It's a testamentary power of appointment that sometimes people grant. Mm-hmm. Well, 
that would stop once you're divorced, but what happens if it's before a divorce uh, right. and something bad happens? So there's all these different powers um, that um, that could be granted or stopped, but what happens if you have somebody that uh, you have a caring spouse? Mm-hmm. You know, they get divorced. I had a couple that they got divorced. Uh, I'm not exactly sure why. The husband has Alzheimer's now. And um, since you mentioned the Alzheimer's walk of earlier, uh, the uh, and but she still cares about him. Mm-hmm. Well, if he did a new will, or a new power of attorney, or a new trust or trustee, where she could act as a trustee, then that's okay. So in other words, if you have the divorce, and then subsequent to the divorce, you still trust the ex-spouse. You could still name them, and they're not, or you can name as the beneficiary of life insurance policy, IRA, whatever. So if it's done after the divorce, okay, then that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's okay. But once it happens, it happens. Now, my pastor here in Dallas, he's got a situation that's very interesting. You made me think of it as you were talking, and that is he doesn't deal with the divorce issue, he deals with the marriage issue. And he says to his children, now, I want you to marry someone of the same faith. And if you do, I will buy you a house. If you don't, I'm not buying you the house. He didn't fast forward to the divorce issue, but I wonder also, does he also have a rule regarding divorce and if he gets divorced or not for non-biblical reasons? Well, basically? you know, I think there are certain public policies. Hmm. And, you know, if you say, I'm only going to give you if you get divorced— that may be against public policy wow. because um, uh, I think that uh, it's, you know, just like we talked about on last week's show, Congress had passed a law or the U.S. had passed a law to prevent spousal impoverishment because people were getting divorced to get eligible for Medicaid. Interesting. So if there are certain situations, I know in most cases you could say pretty much in your will or trust, whatever you want and whatever conditions there might be. However, there are certain uh, things under law that we uh, that we think um, uh, that we do not uh, want to encourage. Mm-hmm. And so the sanctity of marriage, um, you know, that's we don't want to encourage divorce. So um, I think that that may be something that somebody could uh, at least look at on uh, as far as grounds on public policy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, there are certain situations where I say that under state law that beneficiary designations uh, would, uh, or your will or your fiduciaries would change. But I didn't say it was under federal. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's say you have an employer, and the employer has a retirement account or a life insurance policy. Um, whether it be a 401k or whatever, and you named your spouse as your agent. Well, under federal law, that is not required, and it would go to the ex-spouse. So um, it's required that you pay out according to the terms. And so if you had been divorced 20 years and you had something from your employer that said your ex-spouse was the beneficiary of your life insurance policy through employment or a 401k or whatever, and you never changed it, that ex-spouse gets it. Wow. 
I remember I had a um, situation where I was looking over all the beneficiary designations. Uh, and, you know, it, it, from an estate planning perspective, you should look at beneficiary designations. It's not just doing the documents, but you're saying, let's look at things, especially like on IRA. Sometimes there's tax issues. How do we do things? Where does it go? Does it go in trust? What is the... Uh, financial institution require, uh, things like that. So it's a lot more than just doing documents. Uh, you have to consider other things. I'll give you an example of that in a minute. But um, So I was looking at this person's uh, life insurance policy, and I said, and who is so-and-so? And he looked at me with big, bold eyes, and his eyes were wide, his wide open, his jaw had dropped down to his knees, and he said, well, that was my wife two or three wives ago. Oh, no. I said, well, you've named her as the beneficiary of your life insurance policy. Well, I think he acted pretty quick like white on rice on that one. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> and even so, too, you know, let's say you had uh, even let's say you had an IRA, and even if they had been cut out, let's say you had uh, named your children as the beneficiary. I, I'm thinking of a case where... Uh, there had been uh, the War of the Roses between the husband and the wife, mm. and uh, th- the husband uh, had named, changed his beneficiary to his children. But his children, uh, one of his children, unfortunately, had cancer, uh, he was, even though he was in his 20s, and could uh, possibly uh, have died. Well, that child who was in his 20s was not married, didn't have children, and probably did not have a will. If the husband died first, gave it to the child, and then the child died subsequently, if they didn't have a will, where is it going to go? To that ex-spouse. Is that what you want? A lot of people would say, no way, no way, no way. Most, maybe all of them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. The great majority of them would say, you know, a lot of times it's not always the case. A lot of times things are, you know, very amicable, but... A lot of times that's not the case. And so so you had to say, is it a, if your, either your son needs to do a new will or maybe let's have the asset go into a trust or, you know, because there's different things you could do. So, uh, so you could name possibly the – instead of that child directly, uh, if the child didn't do a new will or whatever – because IRAs generally, though, you have a beneficiary designation. If you're concerned that the child will give it back to your ex, mm-hmm. you could have the beneficiary go in of, the, of that IRA uh, go into a trust, and then you could dictate how it goes if the child died. Then we get into the issues with the SECURE Act, but I don't I think it's kind of gotten beyond this show mm-hmm. uh, as far as distributions. Mm-hmm depending on whether the child was disabled, chronically ill, if they could stretch it out or not. But I know what the policy is, and the policy is what we're all guilty of, and that is we forget things. I go to travel, I stay in hotel rooms, I leave things in the room, I admit it. I forget why I walked into the kitchen half the time. Um, We all forget, we all make mistakes. This is why my policy, if not admonition, is to attend Michael's next workshop, because you will get new information, current and accurate information on what the laws are from Michael. And perhaps then going on to the vision meeting after the workshop, all free meetings, 
You're not charged for any of Michael's time. It's three hours, basically. And he will review it to make sure it's current and you're protected and your wishes are fulfilled. So, Michael, please tell them all about the workshop. That is on Tuesday, October 11th at 10 a.m. So, uh, first of all, where is the workshop so they can know where to go? Well, we have a conference center in our office building, and mm-hmm. um, uh, which is just north of um, uh, right by Medical City Hospital. Is it the which forest? Is, forest? Yeah, actually? yeah, forest close to Central Expressway, okay. uh, 75. Easy. Uh, not too far south from LBJ. Great. It's only like a half a mile. Right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's very pretty close. close. Yep. You have to go 10 miles or so. And those workshops are free. You've been doing those for over 10 years, basically. And they're two hours. And this one's on Thursday at uh, 10 o'clock. And tell them about the workshop. Well, we ask people what they want to know. Mm-hmm. Is it something about estate planning? Is it something about long-term care? Is it something about probate? Mm-hmm. Is it about trust? Is it about powers of attorney? You know, there's is it about people with special needs. You just is it about people with veterans about veterans benefits. We never know what people will ask, and the question. So each workshop for each of those ten years has been different because the questions every single time are different. The last two shows before this were based on questions that were asked at a workshop that had never been asked in 10 years. Okay, that's fine. Well, that's why I thought Great. I'd talk to it. Yeah. I, that's why we talk, did it on the show, on mm-hmm. the radio, because if those people want to know, I guess other people want to know it. And if it hadn't been asked in 10 years, then it's likely that none of the people that were in that at that workshop had ever thought about those questions. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to learn something not only to answer your questions Mm -hmm. for free, Mm -hmm. but you're going to also learn and say, I didn't think about that, what that other person talked about. And they said, hmm, should I do something about that? And so uh, it's free. You're going to learn something. It's for two hours. You're going to have some fun, I think, along the way, and that you'll see that the time uh, passes very quickly. Uh, To attend that free estate planning essentials workshop, all you have to do is call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. Or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. Uh, and you get two free hours of Legal education without any obligation. You forgot. And, you forgot the coffee mugs. Oh, okay. The donuts, the oh, fruit. Oh, of course. You better have donuts and fruit. You know, you have to have both. Well, you know, so uh, we talked about before the show uh, that we have. Yes, who who could forget that we give free KAAM coffee mugs. And the other things, the hats are gone, of course. The hats, yeah, I tip my hat to you because they're all gone. Thank you. And so, yeah, the free coffee mugs, with KAAM, so okay. you'll you'll never forget KAAM. Mm-hmm. But the uh, yeah, and we also have some sort of something to eat, uh, as he made <laughs> reference to. We had a show, uh, I think it was um, in July sometime, where we talked about the impact of uh, what you eat may affect your mental health, like mm-hmm. Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. Uh, like the so remember the Alzheimer's walk is on November fifth. He wanted mm-hmm. to join us for the Alzheimer's walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so we had a choice of either donuts or fruit mm-hmm. at that workshop because uh, some people say, "Oh, okay, I want to be healthy and mm-hmm. reduce risk," and I, or maybe I just like fruit better. I'm at the point now. This is not because of the program, though, um, but either 
what the person wants is acidic or alkaline. I flipped recently and now I'm drinking chai tea to be more alkaline. I've done tests. I've realized I maybe drink too much coffee, too much chocolate. I can go down the list. I can show you my alkaline list here on my laptop of all the things you should and should not eat. I can't even read it. ndhealthfacts.org, this kind of thing. So um, I get it. The audience basically has their choice. Fruit, donuts, coffee, you name it. Although maybe less coffee, maybe less donuts, a little more fruit. This is what I'm learning painfully. I'm getting through that uh, no coffee transition and it's going fine. But we want you to attend Michael's workshop, which is Tuesday, October the 11th at 10 a.m. Dial 214-720-0102 or go to DallasElderLawyer.com. Michael, about three minutes left on wrapping up why people should understand how divorce can affect your estate planning. Yeah, and if I didn't mention before I do that, um, that if you do go to the free workshop, you also get a free vision meeting. Okay. Uh, so that's actually three free hours uh, of legal education without obligation where you can look at your stuff, besides getting the KAAM coffee mugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the uh, couple other things that I should mention, uh, as you said, um, is what happens if, let's say you have this beneficiary designation and the ex-spouse goes to the bank. And what if the the uh, bank pays the ex-spouse? What if you have an insurance policy and the insurance company doesn't check on things and it pays the ex-spouse? Mm-hmm. They're not liable. So this is another reason why you shouldn't just rely on the law because bad things could happen if somebody doesn't know about it. I mean, so does you know they don't have any obligation. Maybe uh, you give them a death certificate. The death certificate would show if you're divorced. Will does do the financial institutions always ask for? Uh, usually, what they would you would think they would ask for the death certificate, uh, but. Will they always? Uh, I don't know. I can't speak for the financial institution, but the idea that this law specifically says they're not liable. Now, I'm sure that they would try to make every effort, but, uh, you know, uh, will they look at it? Mm -hmm. So I think that's real important to note. And also, you might look and see who owns the policy. The divorce decree is really the key thing. Mm -hmm. So if they didn't make this change or that change, really a court order is what should be followed. So if there is some sort of question mark, the divorce decree should be looked at. Mm-hmm. So if something said a life insurance policy should be the uh, owned by one spouse, but they didn't go for, you know, a lot of times, with all due respect to family law attorneys, they know about divorce, but they may not know about actually telling people to change the uh, and go forward with this next step of changing the ownership of that life insurance policy. So if you have a life insurance policy with a cash surrender, did they ch- go to the insurance company and change the owner? Or sometimes if you have uh, real estate, let's say you have a home together, did they actually do a deed from one spouse to the other? These are common mistakes that we see in the estate planning world or that title companies probably see in the title business that people fail, even though they have a divorce decree, they fail to f- follow through on changing what should have been the divorce decree says. Now, divorce decree is final, but again, people make mistakes or people say, oh, they didn't pay me enough, and, and so I'm getting out of this case. Mm-hmm. All I did was I got the decree, so let's go on to the next thing. Exactly, and that's the key, follow through. 
The only admission I have for you is to follow through and attend Michael's next workshop Tuesday, October 11th at 10 a.m. Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen, I thank you, sir. Thank you, Doc. Leading estate planner practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com and sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on KAAM for eight years now, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate what could currently be a rather insufficient estate plan. Make certain that is not the case and that it is created and completed your way by signing up for his next free workshop today.